0: glad you've joined us my name is ethan and i'm thomas this is the taraxicon podcast an informative podcast of tarask proportions today we're going to be discussing what we call player prep just as a update i think it is important to
1: note that we do have some new things updated for the podcast uh We do have some social media now up, uh, and we are posting this podcast under other places like Spotify
0: as well. Right. So as of now, we have a Twitter, a subreddit, and a Discord. Now, all of these are in their infant stages. Uh, They are not polished and shiny at the moment, but uh, feel free to follow uh, and join the Discord to get active in the community. Don't know when everything's going to be
1: tip-top shape, but it's going to be functional, at least. (laughs) So, today on our player prep, we are going to be talking about the basic concepts that you're going to need to know to be a good player, a good character, and probably just a good person in general uh we'll see where we get with that so ethan yes when you think of table manners what do you think of
0: well a lot of things you know no elbows on the table um oh you mean the role-playing table okay um
1: No, no, they they both apply.
0: (laughs) They both apply. Uh, You know, uh, the the salad fork goes on the right of the dinner fork. Um, The d20 goes in the cup.
1: (laughs) You know, actually, one time when I was playing, uh, it was Pathfinder with some of my friends. I actually rolled a d20. And it bounced off the table and landed in my cup full of Coke at the time. And we were like, oh, no. It was a very, like, momentful time. Like a scene <laughs> where we're, like, fighting the main boss.
0: It, it would and we that were like, something like
1: that. we were like, oh, we're going to have to re-roll. And then we said, no, 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 no. We picked up the glass and we looked under the cup. And we yeah, said, and what does up? that say? It says it was a one. It's like, oh no! But wait, that's the bottom of it. That means the top is a natural twenty. So we're like, oh, I rolled it into the cup, Ooh. and and then lit- even though it, some people might say it's disgusting, they said I have to chug the drink now. <laughs> I feel like it was customary, <laughs> and I did, and it was amazing. <laughs> but
0: Oh man, uh, uh, oh, we didn't really have a table. Really cool. Dice. Um, I learned about this today. Arby's Sponsored. had come out with their own dice set. Really? Yes, and it had little cowboy hats in it. Apparently, oh they my God. had uh, re-released them pretty recently, but they're already sold out. So, Damn. yeah, if uh, if we could somehow get that, that I would, would love be those dice. Incredible. Because they do, they're just clear, they're not like super special looking, but there's little cowboy hats in it, to like, as a nod to their old logo, and then the deep, like the Nat 20 is the the Arby's logo, like it's, I don't know, I really like them, I want them.
1: <laughs> you know, I just had to double check, Um, I pulled out my dice from the Renaissance Fair, the uh, I think what are they, quartz or something. No, it's it's a special type of crystal that like look, like has a nice light in the sunlight. But mm-hmm. it um it does in fact have the 1 on the bottom and the 20 is on top. Uh, unfortunately I'm now noticing that the one looks almost exactly like the 7 on this dice, oh. which is upsetting cuz it's oh, like those, those I will not... opal ones, right? Opal, that's right. Yeah. Well no, I don't think Okay, they it's opal something. I don't think it's straight up opal. Yeah, no,
0: that would be rather Pricey. And I remember it's like, like opalite kind of pricey, or
1: something like. I think they, that's the, right. the, these are actually these were actually pretty expensive, but yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I can already see the paint. Even I haven't even used these, and the paint's oh. already a little scratched. So I mean, I don't I don't mind. I think they're they're etched in there, so even if the paint goes away, it'll still be fine. But um, I just had to check because I didn't want people to be like, "You don't fucking know what's in your dice, man." <laughs> um, the
0: covering all the bases
1: this would also be a great uh cut in to say that um we do plan in the future to have a a segment whether it's a podcast or a patreon exclusive or whatever that it would be um where we review dice and we test out dice and like so so if you're like if you want to see what it feels like or looks like to uh roll like Three hundred year old mammoth dice. Three hundred years old. Okay, (laughs) maybe like (laughs) three thousand years old (laughs) mammoth dice. Um, uh, that would be fucking awesome. I would love if we if we got like. I doubt they would sponsor. We would be like, hey, you should sponsor us and give us your most expensive dice. That would be great. Uh, Let's make that happen. So. Love for one's dice is another core value of being a good uh, player. If you go to the table and you disrespect your dice uh, or someone else's dice, that's some that's some downright rotten stuff, man. Because I've had someone throw my dice before, man. Ooh. And it is. It is. Yeah. Boy, touching my dice, bro. I don't even know if it's like
0: the touching my dice, because, you know... I I don't really care if you touch them. Go ahead, borrow the D6, Rogue, you know? (laughs) I don't want to watch you roll your two D6 uh, over and over and over. Uh, You know, that's fine. But throwing them, like, that's disrespectful. But speaking of uh, that, one of the things of a good player, you know, having table manners, is Respect. Uh, respecting everybody that's at the table with you and um, you know respecting their time respecting the fact that they are coming together to play this game with everybody to have fun
1: you do need to respect people especially if you're playing with like your friends and the dm makes a ruling and you don't like it and you want to like you know complain about it at the table at the time it's you know that that dude just spent however long preparing that session, and also, you know, I know a lot of people find DMing fun, but it's it'll never be to the extent that like playing, sitting back, relaxing, and playing a game of D and D will be. So it's like you got to respect the time they put into that if the, in their like that position.
0: Um, to be fair, I feel like it's fun in its own way.
1: Yeah it it, it is it's fun for me, and um, I guess that's a something we'll talk about in the future, but uh, as a player, you want to definitely have that respect for your friends Mm -hmm. and for your dungeon master and the players at your table. Um, Another thing you're going to probably want to do, which is probably going to help out with being respectful, is you're also going to want to be patient because while you're respecting someone, you need to respect their time. And if your friends are doing something that might be taking a little too long in your opinion if you just want to go ahead and kill the bad guy but someone wants to role play out their interaction uh, if you just kind of cut into that not only are you gonna ruin their fun but then it's probably gonna cause some problems for you at the table as well and you are not gonna have as much fun and then now every not now everyone's yeah. not having fun so <laughs> it's always and you don't know if you let them speak it might End up doing something really great. It might work out for you in the party and it might be a more fun and entertaining time. I know that I have DM'd people before that when you let them do their thing, they'll either do two things, they'll either do it so well that it'll be worth it or they'll fuck it up so bad that it'll be hilarious yeah, totally and it's, it. <laughs> it's gonna be totally worth it for you <laughs> even yeah. if it's not worth it for them so it's always good to be patient with them yeah
0: i, I think that also kind of goes hand in hand with like open-mindedness you know uh because sure they might be doing something roleplay wise that you feel eh, it's not the most fun bit But if you're open-minded, you can always at least find something enjoyable about that moment, whether it's uh, something funny, uh, you know, something interesting that happens, or just keeping an eye out for key information that might be being portrayed covertly.
1: And, and And I get it, too, that, like, we all have different types of fun. Oh yeah, uh, you know the barbarian wants to smash things. The rogue <laughs> wants to steal things. The paladin wants to do good, and you might even have a um, evil sorcerer in your party. And I personally have my own opinions on you know different alignment makeups with the party. I think it can be done, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of patience, respect. It does. It takes a lot. Uh, being open-minded though is going to be what's going to help you on that because they may be going for something that uh, you don't know much about. You might think, oh, they're an evil sorcerer, but maybe their backstory is actually like they're good and they're trying to like redeem themselves or something like that. Or maybe the rogue steals, but mm-hmm. he's more of a Robin Hood character where he's going to end up giving the money back. A right. lot of great stories. A lot of great people um, start off not in the best place and typically when you start low and you come up high by the end of it the journey that you take uh, is more I want to say momentful it's more rich it's richer and uh, so being okay with the crazy loot hoarding goblin who wants to throw (laughs) his shit at people um I think you're going to want to take that risk. I mean, what you know, if you, let's say, you know, you take the risk and it doesn't work out, kind of the similar same thing with the patients. Like, it's either going to, you know, be bad, but it's going to be so bad that it's good, or it's going to be good. Now, I, I definitely have played with people that I've tried to be open-minded with, and they have kind of stabbed me in the back on that. Like, I had someone <laughs> who who wanted to play a character well they wanted to play a warlock and they said hey instead of having like a patron could I just say I get my powers from like being myself or like being a like from like a from some other power that I don't owe any allegiance to. And I tried to be open-minded with them. A and they ended up <laughs> well that's no no but see that's the thing <laughs> is I, I asked them oh well maybe you could be a different class and they said no 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 I want to be a warlock and eventually what they were doing is they wanted to have all the benefits of a warlock class but none of the negatives like role play wise they didn't want to role play any negative things but that was basically like essentially what they're doing is making like a optimized build and they couldn't have risk they
0: couldn't have like no. other stuff so um well, they eventually I think you, you can't really have just upsides with, you know, because then the struggle is part of the fun in the game, you know, and I think that's part of what being open minded is helpful in. You know, when you get to the moment where you're like, I didn't want it to go that way, or, you know, oh no, shit, everything is going to hell now, you know, uh, it, you can still find enjoyment and uh, character growth and those types of things as long as you're open minded enough to approach the new set of circumstances right uh
1: yeah i was not open-minded enough (laughs) um
0: considering that he a little bit too open-minded sometimes
1: right i i was not open-minded enough i I could have made it work but see i tried to work with him and uh they wouldn't have it they it was either all or nothing for them they ended up leaving the game but that's Uh, okay because i found out later they
0: had a problem with being open-minded (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, they weren't willing to trust me that like I was going to give them the enjoyment out of that character, that yeah. role. Like, as I, I was fully willing for them to not have a patron, but I told them that their power had to come from something that mm-hmm. had a cost because that's almost that's what the warlock is right. about. That's the entire class, and if they had just trusted that. Then I think they would have had a better time doing that. And trust is definitely something you're also going to want to have as a important part of being a good player at your table.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to trust everybody around you. um, You know, because a lot of the times you're you're going to be trying new stuff, and you know, say if you try out this uh, goofy voice on a character, you know, you're you're just trying it on for size nothing feels worse than trying out something and then being left at, not with, but at, you know? So you, you have to trust everybody there to, uh, again, be open-minded enough to allow you to express that and, you know, uh, make it safe to do so.
1: You know, a example of not trusting enough that I have, um, when you have people in your game or players that... um what they'll do is they will go do a thing with the character. Let's say I'm playing an elf with my party. I'm about to sneak into an orc camp. Uh, we're sneaking up, and I'm trying to be quiet. And instead of, let's say, whispering, it role-playing a whisper to communicate or um, trying to... Correctly uh, express in either hand motions or like activity uh, like my character does this this and that what people will actually do is they'll say I'm going to look at him as if to say hey we should be quiet or I look at them and I wave my hands as if to say hey get down because they don't trust that one the people are going to understand them. Mm-hmm. But they also don't trust their own ability to correctly convey those things. Uh, even though, you know, I mean, I haven't met a DM before who was like, you didn't whisper in real life? <laughs> well, now the orcs know you're there. No role required. <laughs> um so I think um, people should trust more on that because you will get more trust back if you give trust as well. Yeah. Uh, the the more you don't trust people, the more they're not going to trust you. Oh, it's almost you can even bring up the like rogue
0: versus cleric or paladin kind of trope too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but another thing with trust, I think, is uh, trusting yourself. You know, trusting your ability to think creatively. Um, you know, I. I'm personally somebody who certainly suffers from the idea that, uh, you know, it's like, well, I, I think this might be the solution to the puzzle. But maybe I don't say it, you know, I don't want it to be wrong. You know, this is a, not necessarily a game of being right and wrong. This is a game of uh, just having fun with friends. And it's important to trust yourself to, to make those mistakes and have a good time. You know, sometimes the mistakes make the best moments in a game.
1: And the good things that come from all of that, let's say, you know, you're being open-minded, you're being respectful, you're being patient, you're trusting your friends, they're all doing the same to you. What do you get out of that? Well, now you have the freedom to pursue what you think is fun. You Mm -hmm. are fully able to go out of your comfort zone. And your friends in turn can too. And once you, you actually will start learning more about your friends and how they play games when everyone is now in a comfortable space to just take those risks and be like themselves. And a a lot of, why a lot of games in my opinion get stale, is because people are kind of afraid of leaving that comfort zone.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, You know, it it can be kind of a daunting thing, which goes back to all of the other things we, you know, the values that we've already discussed. Uh, uh, You should have the trust in your friends to, you know, uh, make you feel safe whenever you're, you're trying something new and outside of your comfort zone Uh, again. So you can make the goofy voice or, you know, you can make the, the mistake or you can make the, the role call or the role play decision that might not seem like the best decision for the group, but it is certainly uh, in your character, you know? Not necessarily the, uh, you know, doing it in a manner that's completely detrimental to everything, but say if your your character's are prone to kleptomaniacy, you know? Yeah. Uh, get outside your comfort zone, you know? steal from the general store here and
1: there (laughs) (laughs) or uh just for no reason spill all the things on the floor and have the other have the workers clean it up and make the npc's (laughs) lives a living hell i mean you know haha you yeah kick them uh push them over point at them and make sure you laugh so that the dm knows that you're a terrible person uh but a lot of the things that you've talked about uh, do kind of tie in to a underlying point of uh, commitment. Uh, you do have to commit to those things. You have to yeah. be willing to take those risks. If you're not going to take those risks, uh, other people will see that, and they're going to, in turn, also not take risks. Right. Uh, I mean, and that's kind of, I don't know, that's the spice of life. If you're not out there taking risks and doing things, you're just kind of just, you're all sitting at a table watching a movie. Uh, This is something I like to quote to uh, Ethan all the time, uh, is that, like, you are active in this world of role-play, combat, exploration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, You are experiencing this thing with your friends where you're all just, if you think about it, you're all just sitting at a table. For, like, four hours, eating food, drinking drinks, just saying shit, you know? And if you start thinking, I guess it kind of loosens you up when you think of it that way. It's much easier to commit to those things uh, when you are dedicated to making sure that, like, it's okay to take those risks. It's okay to commit to this thing that you're not sure uh, is
0: going to fall out or not. <laughs>
1: right. At least you took the chance. It's better to do that than to have not done it at all.
0: Right. Another thing I think with commitment, uh, as you pointed out, you know, some sessions can be four hours, some are longer, some are shorter, but everybody that has decided to play has made the commitment to slice out that part of their busy schedules to play the game. So, it's important to, in my opinion, commit to the game in the sense that you're showing up regularly if you're going to be out you know I'm not saying it's you know like a job give a two-week notice or anything but try to let them know in advance you know hey uh I'm not going to be able to make it and things like that uh it'll go a long way and I think also kind of ties back into that respect bit because you should be respecting everybody else's time they've committed
1: yeah and if you and like you know just kind of like what you said uh If you can't, you know, I'm assuming this is you're not with a bunch of strangers. Now, these rules still all apply to like strangers because obviously you don't know them. You want to put your best foot forward. But with your friends, like at the end of the day, they're your friends. They're going to understand or they're not really your friends. Uh, There might be your more of your acquaintances, but um, you deserve commitment equally to the same that you put in. So if you are showing up on time. Or you you know you can't make it, so you're telling them a week in advance that you can't make it, uh, and then you have someone who just kind of shows up <laughs> when he last feels minute like it. when <laughs> they feel like it. Doesn't remember what's happening. Doesn't um, doesn't here's a uh, here's a good one, uh, which many people are familiar with. When in combat, doesn't know what's happening until Ooh. it's their turn. Yeah, like you. You deserve someone who's also going to commit to to paying attention to those things as well. So, assuming, you know, you and your friends are listening all to this at the same time. Uh, let's say you're all doing all of these things. Your you know commitment. You're out of your comfort zone. You know everyone's all on the same page. You're all great. What is the end result of that? It is going to be imagination at its purest and its fullest.
0: Mm yeah and you know ultimately in a game where everything is made up imagination is truly the the biggest point of being a good player is uh, exploring your imagination using your imagination to come up with creative solutions to things because uh, as we pointed out before this isn't quite like a movie or a video game there's not a set way of doing things you can tackle a problem from almost any direction uh be it you know straight up we're kicking the door down and and going in um or we're going to talk to the local mayor and and try to drum up guards or you know however you feel like doing it
1: we're going to spend the next four sessions planning out how we're going to (laughs) break into this place Only to find out the door has been unlocked the entire time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, if you have all these things and everyone's on the same page, you finally will get that opportunity to actually kind of experience this beautiful game that you thought you were playing up until this point. But once you start opening up to your friends and you all start understanding and respecting each other and taking these risks all together, this you get to see what it's really about. You get to get to that extra, you get to peel back that layer of D&D, Pathfinder, uh, Starfinder, (laughs) Mouse Guard. (laughs) Anyone with Mouse Guard out there? Um, And you get to just let your theater of the mind kind of explode and you get to experience and be creative with all of these things. Uh, Anything you want to touch on that before uh, we move on?
0: Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, once you embody all of these and everybody at the table reaches this uh, this harmony, I think that's when it transcends from being a game, you know? Uh, you, you get to this moment where you are so attached to your character, the NPCs, the, the, the goings on in the game that... You know, uh, it, it can almost feel real in a way. You know, uh, if, when you 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 have a character for so long that when they die off, it, it really feels like you've lost something. You know, and uh, I think if you if you've never felt that before, you're really missing out on what this you know these types of games have to offer.
1: And if you think on top of that there's plenty of examples out there of tables that do this almost perfectly and I mean you already know them but I'll just say I mean two very big ones you got Critical Role Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you got Dimension 20 my personal favorite love it Um, you look at if you you know I'm sure you watch all this content but uh, if you do you can see you know uh, Critical Role's Friends like they're. This is a group of friends since like forever, you yeah. know. And Dimension Twenty, even though people haven't been like <laughs> best friends until, they're actually, some of them people have been best friends for almost all their lives. Um, but even if they've only met for only a couple years or like even a couple months even i mean i know they have people on there that are very new to everyone they still have these same values together you can see them you know being patient you could see them trusting each other you see them respecting others decisions they're being open minded about it they're you they're getting out of their comfort zone and they're f- because of all these things they're fully able To unlock that core creative uh, imaginative state of play that as you see everyone loves and everyone watches and I know what you'll probably want to do is like okay okay I get it you know maybe okay I need to do these things how do I do those things well fortunately for you you don't have to go look for those answers because we have them here for you on this podcast Um, the main thing all you have to do to to get your friends and yourself on all of these things is you just need to communicate
0: yep Um, and in communicating you need to be able to share cooperate with people uh, give off criticism in a way that's not going to be you know uh, taken as (laughs) hey I don't like you in particular uh you know, I think criticism is probably one of the, the harder parts to manage in communication, both in and off the table. Uh, personally, I like to use the Oreo method, where you tell them something that you like that they did, then you give them the the criticism. Uh, you know, obviously, don't word it harshly, and then you follow up with another compliment. I think it's a, a very digestible way to intake criticism as well as uh, give it out. And I think, you know, it's healthy to have criticism. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it it helps you grow as a player, as a character. Uh, It can, you know, do wonders for your game with the right constructive criticism. Uh, And if you do it wrong, it can be a huge detriment and can be game-ending.
1: Right, because... um what you described I think is a very natural way of criticizing things and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people when you think of criticism and you think I don't like how this guy's doing this thing I'm going to be polite about it hey I don't like how your character is doing this and I think it's really shitty of you okay wait a minute let's take a step back <laughs> <laughs> constructive criticism we should like ex- there's a difference between I guess destructive criticism and mm-hmm. constructive criticism um a very professional way to look at criticism. I, um... I went to college and got my degree in art and we had to... We had to provide critiques every day. Mm -hmm. In, like, these four-hour studio classes. We... Everyone in the class would sit around and look at your specific picture or your (laughs) art or your logo design. And they all had to basically shit on you. Now... This is. It was an important part of the process because it, we, we were being taught how to be constructive. And by the right. end of it, you didn't really feel like you were getting crapped on. It was more of people trying to tell you, oh, you could do this better and this better, blah, blah, blah. blah. This is all the same. That an easy way to approach constructive criticism is you can offer uh, words of encouragement. You can offer things that they do right that you like mm-hmm. similar to your Oreo method uh, when you want to be I don't I guess not when you want to be negative per se but when there's something you don't like there's an easy way to say that like I think you could have done this better or um, you critique the way that it happens and not involve the person in that right, don't right. don't say I don't like the way you stole yeah. critique from this person act. You yeah you can tri- critique the act. I don't like uh, how the rogue is stealing, or I don't like stealing. You know, right. there's a way you or I think I don't think there a better steal way from, to steal. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we should steal from. The, so, uh, and you know, just like the Oreo method, like you described, is that in that you also tell them I think you provide a solution as well. You know, hey, I think there's a better way you can do that. Let's work together maybe you can be stealthy as the rogue and find a different way to the back door while I distract the guard so we don't have to stab him in the back like you were going to do in the first place Um, being nice about it is good communication it is good and it's also good not to let people you know if someone's doing something you don't like it's good to talk to them not in the session Unless it's really bad, but uh, if it's if it's not so bad, you can do it out of the session.
0: Well, I um, feel like as a player, you don't really have to worry about it being too bad in the session because if it gets too bad, the DM should be kind of stepping in to solve that, right? Unless the problems with the DM, but well, that's, that's a, a whole thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, but a, a, you know, a good way to even avoid criticism is if you actually are just willing to practice uh, in sharing and cooperation
0: yeah yeah absolutely share what you your plans are what you're wanting to do cooperate with your team to play to everybody's strengths um i think another important aspect of sharing is one really big aspect in my opinion is sharing the spotlight you know uh you're not the main character the group is
1: yeah, you're all playing this game together. Like yes, you as an individual are playing, but if you try to look at it from that mindset of like mm, narrow focus, like you're you're going to step on people's toes and you're you're going to like it's kind of like when you're playing basketball and you're hogging the ball. If you hog the ball for so long, the problem is that you are going to get swarmed by all these other players, these opponents, these like problems. And right. you're not going to be able to solve them yourself. You need a team. And the, and the good thing about it is they probably need you too. Uh, and not only is there a need, but there's a want because you're friends. You know, you all want to play this game together. Don't yeah, invite a yeah. group of players. <laughs> but don't invite a group of your friends to play a video game and then make them just watch you play the game. You know, it's like playing like Super Smash Brothers, and then like, um, you just like, hey, watch me just solo all these people, and they're all just standing. They're gonna, they're gonna quit. They're gonna leave. You know, and, th- and then you're gonna be like, w- what was wrong? You didn't. But I was having
0: a good time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I w- but guys, I don't know. I was having a good time by myself. Uh, and this might help or, you know, look at it this way. If you were the paladin and the rogue wanted to go steal and kill everyone and all the innocent people, you might disagree with that. But there is a way to cooperate with him to make sure that both of you get what you want. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if you just outright um, reject him, well, they're probably going to go kill all the people, but then they're also going to be upset at you. Yeah. Uh, and, and instead don't you can cooperate people, with they're them they're definitely going to be upset at you <laughs> like you could probably say hey look we can do all of this but let's not kill anyone you know and yeah. even you know and you got to look at it from almost like a, a meta standpoint I know your paladin probably wouldn't want to do that but your best your, you know this is your best friend you're playing with alright and like ultimately it's about both of you having fun So you're yeah. sharing the spotlight but you're also sharing the fun in that too
0: uh yeah, well, another I think a big point in that would just be compromise in general mm-hmm. uh you know be willing to compromise, understand that there's a difference between you as the player compromising and your character compromising themselves or their own values uh, you know because ultimately the game will end, and you still have to live in the same world or or friend group even as the go people to the bowling alley, table, you know. <laughs> So it, it very much can, you know, have a resentment build in the game and that, and that being taken outside of the game.
1: And you know, there is another factor of this that we haven't talked about yet, which is that we're talking as if you are butting heads with your friends, mm-hmm. uh, which is true. This happens all the time in these games. But there are also those people who are too scared to take those risks or who are too reclusive too I don't want to say antisocial. I think, uh, what, what do you call it? Shy, um, Introverted shy, introverted. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, very introverted. And they, they don't, they don't want to take that risk, walk the plank, jump off into the pool, you know? Right. Uh, and then if you notice that, uh, you know you don't need to criticize them but obviously sharing and cooperation would be important with them but you do also probably want to look at communicating words of encouragement to them
0: yeah absolutely uh, i think it also is good with uh sharing for instance you know you share the spotlight to them you you toss them the ball you know if you will uh well i think we should possibly do this so and so what do you think
1: yeah, uh, and when they see that you're interacting with them, <laughs> technically, even if they don't want you to, they kind of feel <laughs> obligated to you. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you're being a good friend. You're kind of giving them that little push they need. But let's say they don't want to be pushed, uh, you can just wait and be patient with yeah. them. And if they do something, anything positive, you know, if they take that little bit of step, you can support that. You can, you can either. You know, communicate that outside of the game or in the game. But let's say you're outside of the game. Uh, someone does. Oh, I, I want to push the guy into the water. Hey, that was funny. Or, oh, dude, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Yeah. Um. You know, being. You know, it's cooperating. But um, by expressing that to them, they're gonna feel better about it. They're gonna feel more comfortable in that space and that way let's assume you have a guy who's butting heads with you you got that under control but now you got this person who's very shy and introverted well now that you're encouraging them in very polite respectful ways you're not forcing them to do anything they don't want to do um then now you're going to have a party that's more cohesive and you're going to be able to actually focus on you know on the values of what makes a good character um now you've got... Let's just say you've listened to all this advice and you took it to heart perfectly. Uh, and you're communicating with all your friends. Now that you're all focusing and you've like completed um, being these good players, good people. Uh, now you can focus on being good characters. Because I feel like that is an important thing to note. You,
0: It's really hard to be a good character mm-hmm. if you're not being a good player. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, being a good player is kind of the the foundation you build the castle on. And if that foundation is sand, you know, the proverb, uh, it's not going to be good for the castle. I've never heard of that. Where's that from? <laughs> mm,
1: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> i never heard of it. Something about pillars of salt. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: But, uh, yeah, no. So. You know, being a good character involves, in my opinion, uh, one of the most important aspects would be player-character separation. Uh, and the reason I think it is so important is because there's a lot of things that happen in the game that you shouldn't take as an affront to you.
1: Right. Like like back to what we are talking about with that criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone... Let's say... Um, we're talking to you as if you are the one engaging in all this. Let's say you're receiving, you're on the receiving end of this and someone wants to criticize constructively, uh, your character. Hell, they might even be destructive about it. They might even say something rude to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you, they, you would have to understand that they might not be saying that about you. If, if they said, Hey, I, f-, well, I was going to say, I fucking hate your rogue, but that would be talking directly to you. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> if they say like, I fucking hate how you're stealing, you might get upset about that, but you gotta consider that they might not—they're probably not mad at you at all. They probably right. are just mad at your character, and they may also feel like they're mad at you. You know, they might actually say something rude to you. Yeah, you yeah. stole something from their paladin, and they got upset about it. <laughs> well, they might not—you know—even though they—they're like, "I, I am—I'm so upset at you right now." Well, that might be true, but the underlying feeling might not be because of you. And just they might be having problems with player character separation on their end as well.
0: Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. And uh, I think a lot of it comes down to just, you know, uh, knowing your character. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. if you know your character, you know how they behave. And so, you know, say that you get the critique of I don't like that you're stealing. You can know, all right. I'm a rogue, it's kind of what I do, so maybe I can talk to them after this session about when might be an appropriate time that they wouldn't feel bad about. Or, uh, you know, even discussing it in-game, if it's applicable at the time.
1: And, yeah, on top of that, it might be... um for a reason that they might not be, una- they, they might be unaware of. Let's say the DM texted you and said, hey, this is a secret. But you know that this official, this ranking noble, has a letter that you need to steal so that you can help your party find out who the bad guy is. But you, this is a secret. Only you know this. It's part of your backstory. Mm-hmm. Well, so you know your character, and you're going to have to know how your character will act in that because maybe you as a player oh i want to communicate this to the party but knowing your character would your character do this right uh would would you would would the dm want you to communicate that to your party you know they texted you told it's a secret so you probably shouldn't but uh there also might be a way that you know i'll just go stab the noble (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, is that what your character would do? You know, what about their backstory, their bond, personality, ideals? Well, maybe you want to do that, but kind of back to our player-character separation, maybe that's not what your character right. would actually do. So it's always good to know your character, and not even for this uh, role-play reason, but even mechanically.
0: Yeah, absolutely uh, if, mechanically.
1: If you could have been stealthing this entire time as a rogue, let's say you didn't know rogues were supposed to be stealthy. Uh, let's just say that that's what you think. Um knowing your character would be a great thing in this situation. It's always good to read up on your abilities, what your character can and can't do. Because it would be crazy for the barbarian to boast that I'm actually a powerful wizard. And the player (laughs) thinks that too. Not just the character, the player too. And so you go this whole time, and then the player is like, I want to cast a spell. And then they can't. And they're like, well, this was my whole wax story. Well, you should have known your character. Yep. Uh, This works both ways, because while it's good to know your character, it's also good to know about
0: what your teammates' characters can do as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, knowing your teammates' abilities allows you to set up some really cool slam dunks in combat, or even roleplay, you know? Knowing that the Bard, for instance, is a Bard of Eloquence, uh, you know, some 5e stuff here. In uh, the bard of eloquence, after level three, can't really roll below a ten on a persuasion check. Knowing that would be useful, and uh, that's as simple as just talking to your teammates to get to know what they're able to do. And uh, if you knew that, then you know perhaps the paladin who has proficiency in persuasion would still go, "Okay, I'll leave it up to the bard to handle."
1: You know, and the, it also works for the rogue too. I don't remember what level it's at, but they also get that ability. But any skill that they're like proficient in, or maybe right. it's expertise, um, they can't roll below a ten as well.
0: Reliable so, like, talent. if you
1: need something stolen or pickpocketed, or you need someone really stealthy, you'd be really, it'd be really weird to be in your party. And while look, uh, it's, I'm all for breaking class stereotypes, but if you're in this very important mission, and you have a friend who's invested in this character in this rogue to be very stealthy well not only should you think logically and be like okay well hey look let's send the rogue because that's kind of what he does but you're also allowing your friend to it's almost like sharing you're giving them that, that spotlight uh, you are allowing them to have purpose in this game as this super stealthy uh, rogue yep. hey Ethan yes alright uh, quick pause I was going to open a drink I just wanted to give a pause there so that we can cut it.
0: Okay.
1: Hashtag don't cut it, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Crack the cold one open with the boys. Where I'm just like, quick pause for the so we can cut it, <laughs> and then we just leave it in. <laughs> and now that we've made the joke, we can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right, guys. You thought, well, we thought it was going to be left out, but it's actually left in. Uh we like to have fun here. And you know, the whole (laughs) core concept is helping you have fun too. So we're all in this together, baby. So, um, by knowing your teammates abilities, knowing your character and being able to make that distinction between your player character, you know, separation, uh, what does this get you? Well, this allows you to invest more, it's almost like you get to help the DM out now. Yeah. You get to invest in the lore of the world uh, or invest into the game in general.
0: Yeah, so that one, in my opinion, is really important, um, especially because you know we go back to those core values of a good player with your imagination, everybody being in harmony and, and interacting. Knowing and investing into the lore helps you feel a part of the world. And it, it, it makes the game move to a completely different level where for however long you're playing for that session, you get to suspend uh, reality, if you will. It enriches play. it. play a completely new world, a new game, uh, you know, there's all these things to learn and to explore, and uh, it, it just really enhances, like you said, the the game to a new level. I said it enriches you,
1: bastard. (laughs) Uh, But the thing is, is that um, this this really does help your DM out. Because uh, if you have a backstory... Some people don't even have backstories. For the longest time when I would DM, I didn't know... Okay. Uh, you know, I could always claim that, like, I've played for all these years. But you gotta, you know, remember that, like, in the beginning, I didn't know anything. And it took me a while to learn piece by piece to become uh, this kind of... Teraxicon of knowledge. Whoa. <laughs> this podcast. Um But um, there would be characters who didn't have backstories and I thought, that was fine. Sure. Yeah, you just kind of want to be a guy and that's okay. We can just do that. Um, For some people that was okay, but for a majority of the people, they would play and play and play and then be like, hey, I'm not playing anymore. Why? Oh, it's not so fun. Oh, well what's not fun about it? And they're like, I don't know. I just kind of show up and hit things. I'm like, oh, okay, well what do you mean? Well, I, I don't really have a reason to role play or a reason to do these things. It's like, are, what do you mean? And it's like, well, you know, I just kind of don't have a story. It's like, oh, yeah, well. They don't feel a part of the world. You, Yeah, I, I've made my world, and I've made your character in that world. Uh, at that point, I can't really help you. You might even have a backstory. Let's say you get a backstory. If you are not investing in it and and, and relating it to the lore of the world, if you're not giving that toss-up, to your DM, they're not going to be able to knock it out of the park to give you that home run that you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it it helps your DM. It helps the other players because I think uh, once you kind of invest into the lore, it makes other people start getting into it more as well. And, uh, again, I think just that the good habits build onto each other and make other people build onto it, and it, it creates this, you know, wonderful game that so many people enjoy,
1: and what that's going to allow other people to do is it's going to encourage them to do to do more things. Uh, not necessarily direct investment, but there is a passive investment in the lore in the game that also takes place as well. And I'm sure many of you know this. Uh, you might have this friend, or maybe you are the friend, but it does involve note taking taking notes is a good way to help not just yourself remember things but everyone. I mean, I have people I'm as the DM, I'll be honest, I don't take many notes. Uh, but I'll I'll be like, "Hey, you're meeting this NPC. It's um it's uh what's their name?" And someone will be like, "Oh, hey, I have it written down. It's Kastar." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, Kastar, yeah, the um the um the like the tiefling. Oh yeah, the tiefling, the tiefling." who's trying to find you guys for, uh, like, Oh, cause we killed his dog. Oh, wait, what? You killed his dog. <laughs> Dang. I'm going to kill you all. Um, taking notes is a very good way to help out the group as a whole.
0: And yeah, especially the DM, uh, you know, it helps, uh, with the DM being able to kind of focus on more, uh, just creating the world around you, explaining things more. And, uh, they don't have to worry so much about, oh, what was this one guy's name that they've met, you know, uh, three months ago.
1: You can even, uh, if it's online, you can even go into their journals and just read <laughs> off their things. Uh, but to be fair, um, this does also apply the other way around. Uh, you'll want to take notes because it's also going to show your DM that you are taking this seriously. You are yeah. listening. He might say, oh, you've now found the ultimate villain, Kalistar, and he says, ah, oh, now I'll have my revenge on you all for what you did. And they're going to be like, oh wait, what did we do? And then your DM's going to be burned <laughs> out. Of that. You're going to get a message from your DM be like, ah, oh, guys, listen, maybe we should all just move on. Uh... <laughs> when it's almost like uh if your dm was hitting a ball or throwing a football to you for a touchdown or whatever you got to make that catch and if you're not ready to receive that if you're not ready to make that commitment to catch that ball it's going to miss and when it misses everyone loses yep don't fumble uh, the ball fellas uh and ladies d- take notes this game is <laughs> not rigged i will actually <laughs> The game is kind of rigged uh, to an extent. As long, I mean, there's people out there fudging rolls. I know, I know there's people out there fudging rolls. Um, so another way, uh, let's say you don't like taking notes. Okay. You know, usually you only need, really need one person to take notes, although you shouldn't put all that work on one person. But let's say they just love it and they're really good at it and you just leave them alone. Well, what else can you do to help be a good character for yourself, but also the team, because ultimately you are looking to be a team player. Well, I have a great idea or a great suggestion that actually I believe we talked about already, and that is to be ready for your turn in combat.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, And not just the idea that I know it's my turn next. You should be ready in the sense that, okay, you know, so-and-so used this ability, so-and-so casted this this is a great opportunity for me to use this. And what's great about being ready for your turn is you, once again, can set up that home run for one of your teammates to come in, you know? You 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 knock the the guy prone, and the Paladin can come in with advantage and just get the big smite off.
1: Yeah, and obviously, if you are not paying attention... Uh, then when it comes to your turn, not only are you going to spend 30 minutes <laughs> looking through your spells and looking at, the, I mean, you know, more DMs should skip people's turns because that ought to show you. But they don't. They really don't. It's kind of a. It feels mean to do it. Now I know people are going to say, "Well, just do it," but it feels mean to do it. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, a lot of the times again, you're playing with your friends, so it's like you know, I don't want to be a dick. They're not gonna.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is uh, you don't want to be mean. But, like, you're you're putting them in that position by, like, making them want to skip your turn, but waiting and wasting Mm -hmm. everyone's time. You know, you have a four-hour session, but I'll tell you what. Critical Role, just as a perfect example, um, they have, what, seven to eight people? And they do everyone's like they they do spotlights on them if not all of them most of them in a four hour session sometimes less than that and they do like one to two maybe even three combats Mm -hmm. how do they do that very simply put they get to someone's turn well i mean obviously they're they're doing all great things but they get to someone's turn in combat person knows what they're doing Uh, and even if they don't it only takes them a couple seconds to do it and if not you know, they do respect and they do trust each other. That when Matt says, "We're gonna come back to you," your turn skipped. You know, they're like, uh, that's okay. That's on me." You know, yeah. so if your turn does get skipped, if you're not ready for your turn in combat, then at least be polite about it and be like, "Gotcha." You know, there's no need to be a stink because you weren't ready
0: yep. for you something that everyone was respect. doing.
1: You weren't paying attention. I mean, look, it may not be your turn in combat. I get that. Um, but you can still be involved you can still be aware you can be talking as a player not just a character Mm -hmm. to your friends strategizing and planning and things like that Uh, and I know there's one excuse that I I know a lot of people use I don't pay attention because right before my turn someone's going to do a thing that changes everything well Even more reason to pay attention. (laughs) Even more reason to pay attention and be on the ball. It doesn't take that long. And honestly, your friends will be willing to wait, understandably, a minute or two for you to readjust what had just happened. Sure. Uh, But, you you know, I'll tell you what. If you weren't ready at all and something came to your turn and you take 20 minutes, no, they're going to be upset about that. So, look, just be a good team player. Pay attention to what everyone else is doing Even if it's not your turn, even if the combat takes a long time, be Mm. ready for your turn in combat. And, you know, there is actually something you can do in the middle of combat that's also going to help, uh, and that is to roleplay. It is another good uh, facet of being a good character. And we'll talk a little bit about how you can roleplay better to your character, to you as a player, and for
0: your friends as well. Well, before we move on, I actually want to uh, touch on this as well. So I think being ready for your turn of combat really comes down to knowing your character uh, and also knowing your teammates' abilities. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is not... Okay, so if you're, you're not so ready when you're, like, levels 1 through 3... It's not that big of a deal because you there's not too many options, right? But once you start getting into higher levels and you, you get all of these options available to you, it's super important to be ready. Because if not, combat encounters at that high level are going to take absurd amounts of time away from actually playing the game. And nobody wants to sit down for four hours to do one combat and then 30 minutes of roleplay.
1: And to be fair, we don't have to be judgy, and we don't have to feel bad about someone being ready or not being ready. It Mm. just kind of is a matter of fact. It is what it is. If you, let's say, you're trying to do good, and unfortunately you missed it. You weren't ready for your turn in combat. Let's say that they're not going to skip you. You have to figure out your stuff. Well... Now, the best thing you can make that up to them is to find something simple and quick. Don't be trying to find the perfect play. Yep. In fact, you should never be trying to find the perfect play at any point in your combat. Because when it's not your turn, we already know it. The situation is going to change before it gets back to you. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make the perfect play every turn. Wait to have something that you know you're going to do, a a general guideline, and then you refine it. You get more specific as it gets closer to your turn. So let's say there's four characters, your turn, you hit someone. Okay, next person's turn. He's about to go. You know in general you're going to hit someone when it comes back to your round. Okay, he goes. And he goes to someone else. You're like, okay, I'm gonna hit someone in this group. Okay, next person, their turn. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna hit one of those two people. And then, hey, it's your turn. He killed that guy. Okay, perfect. There's one guy left. I'm gonna go hit him. There's no need to think, oh, I'm gonna move here. I'm gonna do this tactic. I'm gonna make him make this save. I'm gonna go. Then I'm gonna run back here. I'm gonna provoke this opportunity attack. And then it's like, okay, next guy's turn. Okay, let me start over. Oh, you don't need to do that, because you're going to do that four times, and then when it gets to your turn, you're going to be trying to do that, and people are
0: going to be like, what's taking you so long? Yep. And uh, as you were saying, one good way to kind of be active in combat, uh, even when it isn't your turn, is roleplay, because talking is a free action. Um, well,
1: I, I've actually heard there have been some
0: DMs who don't do that.
1: And I know personally... Oh, interesting. I know personally, I will allow like some talking, yeah, I, but not like cut food it off things. after
0: a certain point. But, right,
1: uh, and that I, I know, I know, I will also say uh, like, "Oh, you've said this, but it's not his turn, so he's not responding to you until right. it's his turn." So it's a little iffy, but um, let's see and let's talk about some ways that overall your uh, role play could help improve or how you can improve your overall
0: uh, role play. Yeah, uh, I think one of the biggest things that people miss uh, when they're, you know, role-playing a character is flaws. Mm -hmm. You know, the character flaw is, uh, you know, if if you think about it in your own life, uh, flaws make up a large part of your personality. And I think if you're familiar with your character's flaws, you can kind of give them a personality, which leads to a voice. You can plug it into their backstory, and uh, all of it begins to make sense, and and this becomes less (laughs) of a character, more of a person that you're controlling and and playing. And when you're um,
1: doing these things, uh, I know when you make a character, everybody wants to be the Mary Sue. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants to be the perfect character. Well, I have made, and I have seen... Uh, countless amounts of perfect characters, but I could not tell you what my favorite one of all of those would be, except for the ones that stand out, which just so happened to be the people who were either not perfect or purposely had a flaw to balance that perfectionism out. Yeah, uh, those people. I mean, you could teach. I mean, if if you just think about it a little bit, you have someone who's perfectly perfect, and you're playing a game with them. You go through a whole campaign. They're perfectly perfect. (laughs) You get to the very end of the campaign. You win. You beat the game. What has this character done? Oh, they were perfectly perfect the whole time. Oh, so nothing happened. Nothing happened at all. No, there Yeah, No growth, no nothing. Now, you can always start out with a perfect character, and then maybe you develop a flaw. Or maybe you develop a flaw, and then you kind of, that flaw changes, or maybe it gets fixed, or gets Mm -hmm. worse. You know, these are still, this makes your character more complex more interesting and maybe more dynamic if not for you or I guess if not for your friends then for you Uh, and a good way to look at this would be accents and no I don't mean a voice Uh, I mean little tertiary elements of your character that kind of makes up who they are
0: Yeah, uh, one of my favorites I've heard recently, uh, so (laughs) my characters in one of my games, uh, they had to impersonate some people, and I made them do little silly things to, you know, oh, I thought, uh, you know, so-and-so spoke like this, and I would make them, you know, if they're trying to pass off as that person, they might have to talk in rhyming couplets and things. I think those are just super neat things to add into a character to make them feel like a well-rounded person.
1: Yes. So uh, a way to look at it is uh, speaking. You said couplets.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that. Yeah. So you can. um, And you know, you don't need to go overboard. You can keep it to two to three things about your character that make him stand out. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can say make some walk with a limp, maybe he speaks in couplets, uh, and maybe he uh, doesn't shower at all. He's just completely dirty. (laughs) So now you got a dirty, limping, (laughs) couplet-speaking Dr. Seuss, Seuss, cat in the hat motherfucker. Uh, Hey, that's a pretty interesting character. Uh, Now compare that to another person who's like, oh, I don't have any flaws.
0: Oh. Uh, Interesting. That's fun, I guess.
1: And now, in, let's say you wanted to make a, per- a perfect character. It does kind of still apply. Even if you're a perfect character, you're still going to want to have two to three things. You could do as many as you want, but just know that it gets more watered down. Mm-hmm. All right? You're going to want a, a, only a couple, a strong, solid three um, to kind of f- flesh out that character. So even if they're perfect, you can say, uh, he's perfect. That's one. Uh, you can i think it'd be fun if i just oh, perfect perfect yep that's all three um but no uh you know he's perfect uh he loves to lift weights when everyone's watching uh and uh when the time comes for a noble sacrifice he is the first to stand up ooh interesting I like these that. are all perfect things for a perfect person but they're still individual uh maybe he even you could even say he walks with a hop You know, something that will make them stand out. Uh, You do all these things. Uh, Now, we could also talk about the accent accents, which is to say using your voice or the lack thereof of a Mm -hmm. voice.
0: Yeah, so I think a a voice is good for adding in even more personality to a character. Uh, You know, voices aren't necessarily super important in my opinion and I also don't think you necessarily have to do an accent or change your voice to create a uh, unique voice for your character. I think it can be something as simple as changing the cadence of the way you speak uh, changing the volume um, you know anything like that but having a different uh, voice if you will for your character will make role play a lot easier. You'll feel a lot more in character and uh, allows you to just interact with the world
1: better. It is also good for your players and your friends and your DM. Because if you just spoke as a character in your normal voice, well, sometimes you might say something. They might be like, wait, did you say that as your character? Did you say as your person? There's a lot of confusion that comes with that. And, and like like what uh, Ethan was saying, um, they can be minor changes. Uh, let's say you speak normally, but then your character speaks like this. I didn't do much to my voice. I just talked a little lower and a little more stern. And that's it you know i you know that you, you could just do that you know it doesn't have to be a lot and maybe you make it even more high pitched and then you could talk like this and then you could talk about that. <laughs> hey how do you how a new character? you know, that that's, that doesn't take much now honestly if i did that for 4 hours <laughs> that might um right, <laughs> that might be right. too much for me um i saw a video recently and i say recently i watched the video a long time ago but then i have rewatched it recently i actually was going to send you the link for this ethan um but uh it talks about almost looking at your character and applying adjectives to them. Now, mm. these aren't the same as accents because when we talk about accents or these tertiary elements, we're talking about core elements of your character that make them stand out. When I say adjectives, um, we mean kind of like a style of, of how that character is. You know, are they brooding? Are flashy. they. Are, yeah, yeah. Are they. Um, Aggressive? Are boisterous. they bold, boisterous, uh, and are they quick? Are they? And we're not talking about like accurate adjectives. Like, uh, you just apply some adjectives that you think your character would sound like. Let's say, uh, and you know this also applies to accents in the sense of like you'd want two to three of these adjectives as well. Mm-hmm. Let's let's keep it three because it's going to be easier to remember. Uh, let's say you're doing quick uh, slashing, and uh, let's say. Mm, British. <laughs> Let's just go <laughs> British. <laughs> so, things are talking like this. I tell you, you're going, we should go in this and stab these people in the back. Uh, so you just apply these three adjectives and you could apply them in a number of, you know, combinations and ways. Uh, you apply these um what I call adjectives? Uh, and that will allow you to quickly not just your character, but also if you're a DM, you know NPCs, you know characters, villains, heroes, you know, dragons, monsters. Uh, but the alternative of, of this is that let's say you want to role play a character and you don't want to talk much. Well, you can also emphasize the lack of a voice. Right. So, uh, just like what Ethan just did, he said, right. And then he chose not to say anything else. Uh, so that is something that you could do as a character. If someone says, Hey, what do you think we should do about this? You go, Hmm, or you can go, I nod, or you can like, so you can speak yourself in the third person as well. You know, this still communicates
0: stuff like that. And it communicates in game rather than out of game. And, uh, you know, cuts down on the confusion of, okay, did, uh, Thomas say that, or did Torstrich say that? How dare you bring my character into this? <laughs> you brought
1: mine last episode. That's true. Yeah. Alright. Right. <laughs> all alright, alright. But mine's gonna live forever, because I'm God. <laughs> uh, the, uh, let's see. I was gonna add something onto that, but then you said those words to me. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you, I, I have forgotten. All huh? right. Well, we'll the the, uh, them's the breaks. So that's how you do it with your voice. Uh, I Oh, I rem- oh, you know what? I remember. <laughs> Hot dog, I remember. So uh, oh, I swear, I, I swear, I actually just think I just <laughs> forgot. Okay, <laughs> you don't, I got it again. You don't want to uh, not use a voice at all. Or rather, what I'm saying is, you don't want to. You don't want to have a situation where you're not speaking at all. Uh, right. I understand you might want to play some characters who are mute. Maybe you are mute yourself. Um, you know, these are these are yeah, you, these are specific things. The specific circumstances where, understandably, you couldn't do it. But I'm saying that if you're perfectly fine and perfectly capable, if your main form of communication for your character is some other thing that's not speaking, you could do that but it is hard, and it does take work with your DM and your players, and you want to come to a understanding that, like, this is how my character's going to be. Is this okay? You know, I'm losing my voice. Is that alright? And, you know, there's a lot of things to do, but you don't just want to come up in there and uh, just, like, hey, uh, Marcus, what do you want to do about this? And you just... My character doesn't say anything. Yeah,
0: you know well, you, you know, could. I've heard some it's just stories. hard,
1: right? Um, um, well, I bet you I know the story. Yeah, you were talking sure you about. Yeah. Uh, uh, I look at him yeah. like a porcelain <laughs> doll.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, that's that, the exact one. That's the that's the exact doll like eyes <laughs> with doll like <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yep, that is the one. <laughs> Ah, God. Um, ah, great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then and, he died.
0: <laughs> good. So. Um, I think another important part of the voice stuff is to remember, you know, a lot of people will watch or listen to podcasts or you know, a critical role in these types of things. And remember, and don't beat yourself or your teammates up over this not everybody's gonna be a professional voice actor you know some of the voices are gonna slip sometimes uh you you might slip into a different accent entirely Mm -hmm. Um, all the time but you know it it is what it is it you know it is what it is
1: you know uh on that point You know, I just did a very high-pitched voice earlier. You think I'm proud of that? (laughs) You think I'll put that (laughs) on my portfolio? You think when I advertise to voice uh, actor roles, which I don't because I'm not. um, If I put that on there, you you think I'm doing that? No, no. But is that okay? Yeah. And if I did a character like that, would that annoy my players? Maybe. (laughs) But uh, I already know I have a specific set of characters in my game uh, that have very annoyingly high-pitched noises. They don't even really speak. Uh, and that's fun. And that's fine. Uh, and so if you have a character who's doing those things, or a player or a friend who's like taking these risks and stuff, uh, it's always good to appreciate that mm-hmm. uh, that. That risk that they're taking to immerse the world, immerse the game you're all playing, yeah. uh, even if it sucks and like, like, look, to be fair, like yes some people will suck at doing voices sometimes the voice might, they might be great at doing voices, but they might do a bad voice that isn't so good, that's okay you know, that's the character, that's the enrichment that you're looking for when you play this game, yeah. uh, another thing that we're all looking for, and I, I would love to talk about this, is some good old fashioned backstories
0: oof Personally, probably one of my favorite things about character creation.
1: And it's the, it's almost, I would say it's almost one of the things people least do.
0: Yeah, in my opinion, it's absolutely the most interesting bit because that's when you first get to start kind of investing into the lore and and you know working with the dm to create this uh character that's that's going to be implemented into this world and has been a part of it his whole life or her whole life um and you know it's so important to have that because if not then you know what connection do you have to this place
1: yeah, I have had people um, very brazenly, uh, like, hey, this is my character, okay, we're good to play, hey, hey, you know, how you doing, how's your weekend, yeah, we're all having a good time here, um, and then I would take the character sheet and look over, just just briefly, you know, I'm not, not going to, like, take out everything out on them, but then I'll see their backstory section, empty, <laughs> and you know what they'll tell me? Oh, I'm going to work on it while I play the character i'm gonna figure it out for myself okay cool uh 20 sessions later no backstory of course no no backstory ever go and update it no i honestly wish that you know I, or not wish but what i what i want to do is i just do the backstory for them you know i'll just go in there and say hey you're being chased by a bunch of bad guys <laughs> and um, then when they show up they'll
0: be like oh dude it's, it's been in your backstory and he'll be like huh well personally as a dm i think that's uh Kind of an important thing that we could talk about um on another episode uh mm-hmm. but it's i like to do in the session zero where i work with people individually on their backstory because you know it sometimes especially if it's like a homebrew world or something it's not like they're gonna know okay you know tabaxi come from this region or you know there's a, a, a city of Uh, dragonborn that live here in particular and uh you know that would kind of fit well with the story they're already trying to create
1: and don't definitely as a this is as a dm but let's just say as a player don't let your dm tell you here's your like here's your character sheet uh go make a backstory and give it back to me No, no 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 yeah you all are working together to make this backstory because oh, yeah. the DM knows their game and they know their lore and they know how this is going to work out. You're going to need their insight. You're going to need their mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need to know and talk to you about like what you want in a character. Uh, I should say this because it's really hard to say this as a DM to my players, but to say this as someone who, what you should do to say for your DM when you're making a backstory, you don't want to be super specific. You don't, I mean like you're going to want to apply relevant information but you right. don't want to say <sighs> I'm a level one character, but I used to be the general of an army, and I went to go fight God, and I actually killed him too. Uh, but then uh, my memory got wiped, so I'm actually a level one character. But uh, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do, DM, is I'm, uh, I'm gonna level up the, and as I level up, I'm gonna learn little pieces of knowledge. that's gonna restore my memory. No, 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 no. You're a level one character. Your name is Richard. You grew up on the farm. okay? Yeah, you haven't you accomplished
0: had a, anything. You had a strange
1: <laughs> occurrence with what you believed to be a celestial being while you were out farming crops. All right. You tried to go tell your mother, but no one would believe you. And then one day uh, you were kidnapped by a group of cultists who believed you to be the, the, what they kept saying as the next coming of God and you didn't know anything. You managed to escape, and now you've joined a group of adventurers to try and run away or maybe go back home and save your parents. That's it. You don't need to put the future. You can put a little bit of the present and a little bit of the past, but you don't actually You don't want a fully fleshed-out backstory. You do right. want to mention the specifics of what you do have, though, in that short little bit. What's your mother's name? Where's your father? Has your father been in your life? Do you have brothers? You know, these might not be important things to you. You might not be seeing where this is gonna go. But your DM would see that and be like, Huh, where did he doesn't have a father? Oh, well this is his storyline that I'm kind of seeing here. I'm gonna take this in this direction, and the main villain in the end of it's gonna be his father. Yeah. It's like Oh my god. You know, so (laughs) it is important to put those elements in there. Just don't be super, my father died in a tragic war in which I was responsible for, (laughs) yeah, but don't be too general, (laughs) don't, do not, do not be like, I'm an orphan, uh, I'm Batman.
0: (laughs) 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 Turns out I'm the owner of a multi-billion, uh, gold, gold mine, and, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I I do martial arts. I've got uh, these cool batarangs. (laughs) No, my name's not Mary Sue. Why do you ask? (laughs) I'm Uh, perfect. (laughs)
1: Oh, I forgot to mention, DM, I'm perfect.
0: (laughs) That reminds me. In backstories, I think uh, one of the most important things in a backstory is to leave vulnerabilities. Yeah. You know, that's where you start building out your character flaws. That's where the DM can start building your backstory into the overarching story to make the game more immersive for you. Um, you know, I like to do something as a DM where if they have siblings or something, they can make a cameo uh, appearance. You know, if they happen to go through the the town that their sibling is in, you know, they might run into them or something. And another thing about
1: that that I wanted to touch on is that when you talked about character flaws or what we talked about a little bit ago um, we mentioned let's I'll give you an example let's say a very big character flaw I'm an alcoholic I'm addicted to drinking alcohol well you can incorporate that with your backstory why are you an alcoholic Mm -hmm. my I was held down when our village got raided as raiders busted into my house held me down and killed my family so now I drink to forget about the pain well, then your DM can see that. It's your character flaw. And then on top of that, it's in your backstory too. And then your DM could interweave that into the story. Right. Hey, you're fighting people, but man, you haven't had a drink in about two hours. Make me a constitution saving or a wisdom saving throw. Sorry, you failed. You can't get <laughs> it together. Your friends are being attacked right now, but you have to spend your turn drinking. Like, imagine how momentful that would be that that happened. And then your friends see that and and their characters see your character instead of helping, drinking, and that evolution of that story that comes from witnessing that. Yep. Uh, Yep. And if you said, I'm perfect, I'm not a alcohol or anything, it's like, okay, oh, then nothing happens. Ah, there you go. (laughs) That's your game. (laughs)
0: Nowhere's near as interesting. And, again, I think uh, with backstory the importance of it also kind of lies in uh, that's the starting point for where your character grows from and ultimately a lot of the enjoyment i know i personally get out of the game is with the role play and character growth aspect where you you start as a nobody and you build a name and you overcome and you 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 change and uh yeah you know i think that's a beautiful part of this game that isn't Really available in any other kind of game. I mean, yeah, it. it you know, it, it, in in TTRPGs,
1: when growing up, I never thought it could be anything more than just you're in a dungeon, you're killing people, that's it, right? <laughs> uh, and then you start getting to these deeper layers. You look up the Taraxicon podcast, you share them yeah, on all your social yeah. media, you share it with your friends. Um, these are just things you just do naturally and all the time and everywhere too, um, but what you find on top of like imagine this you you listen to these little core values that we're giving you guidance on you implement them people see how great you're doing they want to do the same well now your friends are doing it too and imagine how great a game you're going to have when everyone's doing the same thing uh and that's not to say everyone's going to be mary Seuss, but everyone's attempting and trying to have this like rich story, yeah. um, which actually ties into the next point I wanted to make which is that if you're playing with your friends you all have these good backstories you're all trying to role play together um, there is a really good improv phrase, I'm sure many people know it, called yes and uh, I like to call it catch and pass um, just for people who don't know what that is uh, it's basically just where when someone says something to you and tries to pass you the ball, figuratively um you always or i guess more times than not you want to say
0: yes and and you want to kind of take that and go right so it's an interesting principle because you don't always necessarily have to say yes and it could always you know it could be no but or you know any of these kind of statements but the idea is that you want to catch the figurative ball and run with it a bit and then you pass it off to somebody else to share in the spotlight and share in the role play and the conversation. And, um, typically I find that's where you get some of the most goofy moments of like a intergroup role play where everybody's just chatting and having a good time as a DM. It's super fun, uh, you know, to be able to, to sit back and just hear this and sometimes get to communicate with them using an NPC to role play as well. And, uh, you know, I've, one of my favorite moments of a game was uh we had about 30 minutes of just people talking amongst themselves and with the npcs around them to try and figure out some things and for about 30 minutes everybody was laughing just having a great time and i kind of just got to sit back as the dm for a moment and just chat with my friends and play this game and not have to think about okay, I gotta set this DC. How hard is it? Da 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 da. You know, DC thirty. Makes... Don't have to worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know they'll fail.
1: Um, it makes uh,
0: great moments.
1: You know, I got two things I want to say. Uh, one, another good example of yes and is when I finished talking. Uh, you might have noticed that Ethan uh, said yeah, and then he started talking as well. <laughs> that was a very good example of yes and with the catch and pass, and uh, I kind of almost stolen the ball in this instance. I kind of cut in, like you know, we've only had one episode, so you know, at this point we're professionals. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, another cool DM tip, uh, or mm, I'll say this is advice for players: you're going to want to do this because it your DM's already working with a lot. I mean, maybe you got a DM who is more lax; that's okay, but. Uh, it really helps involve them when you're doing this catch-and-pass hot potato, but you're not really so eager to, you know, I wouldn't say it's hot. More like a cold potato, but mm, not also that. You know, you're going to want to have it. A lukewarm potato. You know, you're going to get the spotlight. Great. You're going to have it. Enjoy it for a little bit, and then you're going to try and incorporate people to pass that along, encourage it to keep getting passed, involve Mm -hmm. other people, so on and so on. But let's say you're getting this all down. Man, there is nothing better than a DM who gets to run a session where they get to just sit there and you guys just talk and do things without yeah. anything happening or I guess you know things would happen but like without asking the DM about these things because if if you were in town with your characters and you all role played and you said let's go to the marketplace district and then we go okay the only thing you need from the DM is him to say yeah you go. And then you're there, and he describes the scene, and then you're like, "Oh, hey guys, let's go to the store and let's role play." When the DM doesn't have that to to like navigate that, I don't want to say a railroad, navigate that path for you to kind of shift and move the story in different ways, and you guys are already naturally progressing it. You're going to get a very natural game, and you're going to get a game that is going to uh, have a more meaningful four hour length, let's say. It's not going to be, okay, it's four hours long, but we only have got two hours of having fun and two hours right. of just questions and asking <laughs> the, the, the DM for, like, you know, TMS or whatever you
0: You know, da da da, da. Uh,
1: So, it's always good to address that. Uh, so, uh, is there anything else you'd like to touch on that?
0: No, I think uh, I think I've said everything I needed to for that bit of the, the role play section
1: yeah so we can go over some brief things so we have just kind of a uh, we have little extras here in this episode we're just kind of going to touch upon just briefly they're not necessarily um i would say core values of being a good character or a good player slash person uh but they are things that you should consider as a player uh We'll just kinda of go back and forth on one of these things. Uh let's I'm gonna leave this um top one here for last because I think we're gonna make a, a bigger point on this. But uh okay. something to consider. Uh describing your critical failures and successes. So look, usually when it happens, it's amazing. Everyone's cheering. Or if it's a failure, everyone's booing, crying, maybe you died, <laughs> who knows. But your DM can fill that role for you if you want. There is, You're going to get more out of it when you describe how that works. And not even just a critical failure or a success in general. If you fail a check or succeed in a check, if you want to describe what happens, assuming it's not like, oh, I failed, I do a flip and jump to the other side of the moon. Okay, but <laughs> well, that's not accurate. Assuming you're being reasonable about it. Uh, that is a personal base is like a personal experience from your mind of your character that's gonna immerse everyone that's gonna make everything wonderful critical failure you die you describe how you die critical success you you get to describe how you kill the final boss that is pure bliss when you get that power in your hands to to kind of play your own climax of the movie yeah. it's a wonderful thing to do yeah
0: um, another thing that I think is awesome to do in your games you know this only really applies if you're playing in person but if you want to be the person that everybody wants to to bring to their next game or hey we're running a different game in tandem or you know anything like that or if you just want to be the person that when you're like hey guys sorry I can't make it this week everybody feels upset and devastated because they just love your input so much Bring snacks. Uh, uh <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. You know, bring bring some chips, bring candy, whatever it is that Pizza. you know you want to bring. Uh if you know it's in your budget. Uh also, you know, talk to other people about maybe, you know, somebody else bring snacks one time contributing to the budget. Yeah, things like that. Uh but it helps immerse everybody and you know, keeps time away from the table kind of to a minimum. Um, you know, people won't have to get up to go get food or, you or know. order food halfway through. Right, that kind of thing. So, that's that's always nice to do.
1: And ultimately, the summary of it all is that you are going to be um, at a table with your friends for a prolonged period of time. People are going to get hungry and people are going to get thirsty. And if they have that stuff there, it's like a big old hangout. It's a fun time when you have that extra, like, food and snacks. It's uh, and, of course, obviously, don't go buy, like, $300 Champagne or anything, but like you know, talk to people, coordinate, get snacks, and that's you know, in person. You could do it online, it's a little harder, but you could do it. Uh, <laughs> another thing to do be willing to help your DM. Now, look, we've already talked, we honestly, I can't help it. I've been touching on this the whole episode practically. Oh, yeah. uh, be willing and that like emphasis on that willing to help your DM, don't just kind of help them, be willing to. You want, to, you want to help keep track of initiative? Perfect. You want to try and keep track of initiative order? Even better. Uh, you want to try and, you know, taking notes is another good example. Uh, doing these things is going to take that workload off the DM, and the less workload they have, the more time they can put into giving you that content, that good fun that you're all there to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another thing would be, and... Personally, one of my favorite things about tabletop role playing games in general is the rule of cool. Uh, when you're doing stuff, you know, uh, this applies for players and DMs. If it's cool, go for it. You know, don't don't do things, oh, you know, I don't I don't think mechanically it can be done. Let the DM figure that out. Okay? You do the cool thing. You, you want to do
1: three backflips and behead the beholder that doesn't have a neck? Do it. <laughs> it's cool.
0: <laughs> sounds awesome, man. Give me acrobatics check, you know, and then... Melee uh, attack, and then uh, natural 20, then you do it. And then you do it, and you're like, oh,
1: it happened. <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, it makes the game just more immersive and honestly super fun because then it feels less like you're constrained to these particular actions that you can do and again you know this this isn't a video game this you can do just about anything
1: anything yeah
0: you know rule of cool it's awesome
1: use it uh another thing we could touch on real quick is a touch of meta all right uh this is probably we'll touch on this in future episodes but the thing I just wanted to briefly just go over about it is that like you don't have to be a hard ass at your game. And you can encourage people to also not be such a hard ass at your game. Uh, it's good to talk out of game. Because once again, ultimately you guys are here to have fun. You're hanging out. You know, maybe someone wants to have a conversation. Maybe someone wants to talk about something not d at the moment. You know, it might be distracting. might take away from the game. That's okay. Okay? Ult- like the game is great. People should respect if we're all taking time to play this game. You know, I'm not. Don't go crazy with it, but if you're trying, if you're in a fight, and you're, you know, I just wish I knew what to do. You, it's okay to ask people. Hey, out of character, I don't know what to do. What should I do? You know, that's fine. You making jokes, having fun, talking about your day. Like these are all things that you you could do. That's going to make it all good. Uh, anything you'd like to say on that, Ethan?
0: Yeah, I think just for me, meta gaming general rule of thumb uh it's got its purposes in some instances but general rule of thumb just don't do it you know uh if you know that trolls regenerate every round except for if they've been hit by fire don't use that knowledge uh unless your character would know it for some reason
1: a a good way to put it is meta responsibly
0: yeah exactly uh,
1: the last thing I wanted to talk about here is joining and leaving a game that you're in. Uh, I'm not going to harp too much on this, but some key points to say on this is if you're joining a game, all those things we said about being a good player also apply to being a good person. Make sure you do those things, not just in your day-to-day life, because you know it's always good to be good. Um, But when you're joining a game you want to be respectful of everyone you don't know Let's say you you know, you might not know what the situation is how things are going Uh, It's always good to join with the knowledge that you are Entering to someone's trusted space a comfort zone that people Have made for themselves. So you want to be careful with those things and be respectful Uh, when you're leaving a game it's always good to be polite about it. you know, it's just a game. You're having fun, it's just a game. You know, yep. you, you're, you're with your friends, maybe you're even with strangers, you know, hey guys, had a good time. I'm gonna be stepping away for now. It's been fun. Thank you for your time. Uh, of course, you might be leaving for very affirmative reasons that make you angry and it's okay to have those feelings. but yep. still, it's always good to be polite, be respectful. If you need to step away, you could step away. Don't ghost people. Don't just, you know, just angrily leave and flip the table, throw the dice in the trash. You know, Uh, it's always it's ultimately comes down to communication.
0: Yeah, and I think the only thing I'd like to touch on that with is that uh, people should remember uh, tabletop role playing games are not like pizza. You know, uh, with pizza, good pizza is great. And bad pizza is still pizza. Tabletop role-playing games are are very much not like that. A bad game can be very, very bad. It can be detrimental to people's mental health and well-being. So, if a game isn't feeling right for you, give ample time and notice. But there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey guys, I don't think this is the type of game for me and I don't see myself enjoying this. So I'm going to step out now and allow y'all the opportunity to bring in people that might feel better with this.
1: 100% on the money. Uh, so with all that in mind, there's one final point we'd like to make, which is simply that if you have skipped to the end of this video, uh, you just wanted to see like, oh, is, oh, just right to the end, what's all the good bit? Uh, we have a summary for you. If you didn't read, if you didn't pay attention, maybe you zoned out, that's okay. The summary of our player prep video is that it's all about
0: the social contract baby. Also, as a, uh, a thing that we didn't talk about at the beginning of this episode, uh, we have created Taraxicon at gmail.com. So please feel free to email us with any of your comments, questions, or concerns. Or if you just want to share something that happened in your game, or even something that, you know, some advice you got from us that you felt helped bring a part of your game that that was super wonderful. You know, we'd Mm -hmm. love to hear that kind of feedback. That's exactly what we're doing this for. So again, please reach out to us at taraxacon at gmail.com.
1: With that being said, thank you for taking a mystical dive into our tabletop lexicon. Join us in the future as we embark on the next episode of Taraxicon.